the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Feast of the Trinity is a latecomer to the church calendar. It celebrates a doctrine that's different from the other feasts, and it celebrates a doctrine rather than a biblical event or a holy person. Its logic in the calendar is that it sums up the revelation that we've received in the celebrations of Advent through Pentecost. Its origin is attributed to Bishop Stephen of Liege, whose episcopate ran from 901 to 920. Its eventual popularity in England is ascribed to Thomas a Becket, who commanded that it be observed throughout the country. But its observance as a privileged Sunday feast is not universal, which explains why some churches number the Sundays from now till Advent as after Pentecost rather than after Trinity. The lessons for Trinity Sunday actually predate the feast. They are the older lessons for the octave day of Pentecost. And they focus on the gift of renewed vision that we receive through the gift of the Holy Spirit. By nature, we are blind. Our blindness is the loss of what we can call sacramental vision. Sacramental vision is the ability to see the created world as a sign that reveals the creator. To be blind is to look at created things and see only the created things. This blindness is the root of idolatry. When we do not see, the creation becomes an end and goal in and of itself, rather than the means to the end of communion with God. As Romans 125 says of idolaters, ancient and modern, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator. The restoration of life we receive through the gift of the Spirit restores our vision. The Spirit opens our eyes to see God in all things in nature, in other people, in the events of our lives, in the movement of history towards its consummation or telos in Christ. This is the truest sense in which Christ makes the blind to see. And this healing is embedded in the resurrection narratives. No one sees the risen Christ until they are enabled to see by some act of revelation, until their blindness is healed. In the gospel, Jesus reveals the blindness of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Jewish leader well-versed in the Torah. He came to investigate Jesus with an endorsement from his faction of the Jewish leadership. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God because no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. But Jesus denied that Nicodemus knew or saw anything. He said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word see in Jesus' answer is the same word in the Greek as the word know in Nicodemus' question. We express the sense in which to see is to know when we say something like, oh, I, I see what you mean. This gets at the essence of sacramental vision. It is the ability to see or know the true nature of a thing, to understand, to get it. This stands in contrast with the mere surface reality of a thing. Nicodemus claimed to see or know something about Jesus, but he would not be able to see or know, Jesus said, until he was born again by water and the spirit, until this natural blindness was healed. The new birth by water and the spirit acquires faith. Jesus concluded the gospel by saying, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, a reference to the cross, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Thus, by the gift of the Spirit that comes to us through baptism and faith, we are born again, we are reconnected to God, and our blindness is healed. We are given the gift of sight. The strange vision in our epistle lesson from Revelation makes the same point in a different way. John, the writer of Revelation, is given a vision in which he is able to see God. A voice commands him to come up here. John says, immediately I was in the spirit and a throne set in heaven and one sat upon the throne. The voice commanded John to come up. The means of transportation was the spirit. In the spirit, John was able to see the heavenly realities that cannot be seen apart from the gift of the spirit. And this reflects the teaching of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, which says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know or see the things that are freely given to us by God. John's vision in the epistle is the Eucharistic experience of the church. We come up here with John when we lift our hearts in the spirit to ascend the Holy of Holies and to enter into the and join in the eternal sanctus. We ascend to see God and know God in the spirit. Our restored vision is distinctly Trinitarian. 
we see the Father through the Son or Word of God in the Spirit of God. Word and Spirit are the means of revelation, just as they were the means of creation in the beginning. This pattern of revelation helps us to understand the blindness of what are often called the modern and postmodern worlds. The modern world in the period after what was called the Enlightenment denied the existence of transcendent, transcendent spiritual realities. It asserted that what exists is only what we can see, measure, test, and then unfortunately attempt to control. The modern world was rejection of the vision that comes to us through the spirit. If one cannot see the kingdom, unless one is born of water and the spirit, and one denies the spirit, then one cannot see. The postmodern world in which we now live reacted against the modern world and embraced what is often called spirituality, which means that it accepts realities that transcend our natural vision. Where the modern world focused on rational understanding of objective truth, the postmodern world depends entirely on whatever the spiritual person wants the reality to be. There is no objective mediating word that narrates the spiritual vision. It is way too simplistic to say that the modern world denied the Holy Spirit and the postmodern world denies the word of God, but this at least helps us to understand the characteristic errors of our time. <clears throat> and it highlights for us the essential and Trinitarian nature of the revelation we have received from God. We know God through the specific revelation given to us in Jesus Christ, the word of God. And we see and know Christ, we experience union with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. The Western version of the Nicene Creed contains what is called the filioque clause, which has the words that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. <clears throat> and while the origin of these words is disputed, the point they make is essential. The and of the creed essentially means through. The Spirit proceeds from the Father through the Son. The Spirit does not proceed from the Father independently of the mediating word, nor does the Spirit proceed from the Son apart from the Father who is the source of all. The true vision and revelation is always from the Father through the Son in the Spirit. In terms of practical spirituality, this highlights the importance of Bible reading, study, meditation, and also experiential prayer in the spirit. It is common for people to overemphasize one at the expense of the other, to focus entirely on cognitive understanding of truth and miss the essential goal, which is union, communion with God, or on the other extreme to focus on spiritual experiences and drift into areas that are not in harmony with the word of God. 
and thus are spiritually dangerous. On Trinity Sunday, we give thanks that we have been born again by water and the Spirit, that we can see and enter the kingdom of God. We give thanks that we know the Father through the Son in the Spirit. And we pray that God will increase in us our knowledge and vision until we see him face to face, until we can know even as we are known. As St. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of knowledge and revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know or see what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.